Money FM 89.3, the best of your money. Money and me on your money, only on Money FM 89.3. We did a show recently about a health line for aging Singaporeans here in Singapore. And it really struck me that among some of the concerns that the helpline heard were issues like, how do I change my light bulb? These were elderly who were at home and during the pandemic, they had no idea, you know, who would take them to the doctor, who would help them change a light bulb. And so I thought, let's do a show where we think about healthcare insurance for the elderly, particularly you're a daughter or a son and you're thinking, my mom or dad is going to turn 70 soon. Is it too late to think about healthcare insurance for them if I haven't got all my cards in order or got all my ducks in order? I'm Michelle Martin. Welcome to Money and Me. Joining me is Elijah Lee, Financial Services Manager from Philips Securities. Good morning, Elijah. Good morning. Good to have you with us. Now, most Singaporeans know about MediShield Life. That is a basic health insurance plan, and that pays for large hospital bills. So, you know, if you're looking at Ward B2C hospital bills, we're so lucky in Singapore that the MediShield Life claim limits are sufficient for about 90% of those bills. But what if you'd like more privacy when it comes to ward type? You want Class A ward for mom or dad, or you want access to a private hospital because, you know, you're thinking about the lining up for for uh, the appointment to see a doctor, maybe. Or maybe you worry about standard of care, you want peace of mind, higher claim limits. Uh, what can you do to make sure your older parents are taken care of when it comes to their health? Elijah, where we speak about health insurance for the elderly, what's important? Well, I would say one thing is definitely the health of your parents when you are applying for the health insurance. Mm. So I think this goes back to age, right? To be frank, I think a lot of seniors in their 70s might not be in their pink of health, right? So actually the key is really to ensure that even if you're healthy, right? And I think I mentioned this on a previous show, insurance is one of those things that you cannot buy if you need it. But right. if you don't need it, it's something you can buy at a point in time. If you're healthy, it's the best time to buy it. Correct, correct. You've got to... uh, Okay, so let's say I'm just going to take myself as an example. I have two parents, right? And actually, before I joined the industry, it's actually a fortunate thing that both my parents have bought their medical insurance already. So they actually have their shoe plans. And this was when they were a lot younger. I was in, like, I, I think they bought it. I was in secondary school or something. So that's like 20 years ago. And back then, of course, they were generally healthy. Mm. But if you look at my dad now, mm. he has gout, he has high blood pressure, he has, uh, I think his cholesterol is a little high. Mm. And all these conditions nowadays, if he were to apply mm. for medical insurance, he's going to face a lot of difficulty just trying to get accepted anywhere. And for my mom, I think it's even worse in the sense that last year she had a bit of a minor stroke. And uh, if she tried to apply for hospitalization insurance after the stroke, it's pretty much impossible. So I think the key message is that today, if you are healthy, Mm. it's not about, you know, um, I'll buy it later. It's more like I better get it now before anything happens. Good point. So that is is the key message I want to, I want uh, listeners to, you know, uh, take away. Yeah. Now, when it comes to pre-existing conditions, you know, that sends fear into many people's hearts because they think, I I didn't know it was pre-existing. I thought I was in the pink of health when I bought this. So, but if you have an aging parent, 
how likely is it that pre-existing conditions are going to render null all the premiums that you then pay for hospitalization plans should you opt in when they're older? You know what I mean? You don't see a lot of these conditions and then they develop down the road and they're hit by something and they need to be hospitalized. And then is it possible then that the insurer comes up and says, oh, I'm sorry, this is a pre-existing condition? Okay, so what we need to know is what is defined as a pre-existing condition, right? Yeah. So, uh, in general, and I'm just going to quote here, okay, um, while the insurance has pre-existing conditions defined as this, a condition or illness which existed or was existing or the cause or symptoms of which existed or were existing or evident. That's, That's insurance broad. lingo for you. It's, it's very broad. <laughs> it's a mouthful, isn't it? So the the ultimate thing I want to say here is that, okay, if it is something that's existing when you apply for the insurance yeah. and you are reasonably expected to know that it existed, mm. it would be considered pre-existing and of course, during the application process for whatever insurance, it, it doesn't have to be uh, shield-less, right? It can also be other things like long-term care or critical illness. You have to declare accordingly. Now, going back to what you said about um, having paid premiums um, for staff and then, you know, the, some condition happens. Now, for my mom, for example, mm. okay, she had her, as I mentioned earlier, so taking her as an example, my mom had her hospital plan since, I guess, I was in secondary school. So, 28 years, she's been healthy. And because of that, now, one thing to know about healthcare insurance in Singapore is that it's renewed every year, right? I, I, every year, we get a letter and we have to renew our healthcare insurance. And mm-hmm. of course, we complain about the increasing premiums and such. But mm-hmm. the key thing to note is that because she has already applied uh, many, many years ago when she was healthy, mm-hmm. even if a stroke were to happen now, or rather for, in her case, the stroke was last year. This year, she got her renewal letter. Mm. Now, because it is a renewal, okay, but she has already been accepted. Whatever she has paid in all the 30 years uh, that has gone by, okay, it's not gone the way she is still covered, even if touch wood, something else happens down the road because, say, of her second stroke, which could be as a result of the first stroke, right? So, as long as when you apply, you declare honestly, truthfully, uh, and you are accepted, mm. and after that, as long as you continue to pay your premiums, do not lapse your policy. I must stress that it's very important because if you lapse your policy yeah. and then you want to reapply, yeah. whatever has occurred during the first before your reapplication will now be considered a pre-existing. So please don't lapse your policy. Please apply early. Please ensure that you declare honestly. And if anything develops throughout the course of your coverage, mm. as long as it happened after you were already accepted, you'd be covered in general. Okay. Now, I'm going to ask you a question that I've heard, you know, a lot of people worry about. If you declare that you have something as mild as high cholesterol and you think it's no big deal, it's high cholesterol. Is there any possibility that your insurer is going to use that against you and say, oh, you got a heart attack. We knew you had high, uh, high cholesterol. We accepted you. But look, you yourself said you had high insurance, uh, high cholesterol when you came in. So therefore, it's a pre-existing condition and we're not going to cover it now. Okay, uh, this is actually a very good question. It, and it does actually matter what kind of um, insurance you apply for. Hmm. So let me give an example. Different types of plans have different stringent, different requirements in terms of how stringent they are for underwriting. So in the case of a shoe plan, actually in Singapore, shoe plan underwriting is probably the strictest I've seen. Hmm. So if you decline high cholesterol, yeah. it's highly likely that you will end up with some kind of exclusion. 
especially if your cholesterol is uncontrolled and there's no medication to bring it down. Or even if you are having high cholesterol and control your medication, mm. you might get an exclusion. Okay, so, so the thing is, as long as you declare on, in, in the documentation, you've declared it, and if for some reason the insurer actually accepts you, yeah. it's on them already. It's on oh. them already. As long as you declare, you are in the clear. So the thing here is, as I'm going back to the uh, point I made earlier, right. please declare. You do not hide these kind of things. Now, yeah, but what do you have to declare? If you've seen a doctor okay, once so, for <laughs> cholesterol and you've gotten cholesterol medication, is it that, do you then have to declare that you have had a cholesterol issue? You've seen a doctor once. Okay, you've seen a doctor once. Okay, you, okay it depends on the insurance um, application form. So the questions are all there. And trust me, few insurance, there is a ton of questions. Oh. So likely, uh, okay, this depends on the insurer, but somewhere in between, um, there's probably a question along the lines of something like, have you ever been advised or have you ever been told to have? And high cholesterol is likely to be one of the questions there. So as long as you've ever been told, even once, that you have had high cholesterol, you've got to declare it. Yeah. So, but of course, as I mentioned, uh, for shield underwriting, it's very stringent. If mm-hmm. you declare your high cholesterol, you might face an Okay, but one thing I like listeners to note is that it, it's not the end of the world. You are still covered for pretty much everything else, right? If they say that you, they only read as two cholesterol-related ailments, you are probably covered for everything else. And fact is, we simply don't know what will happen to us. It could yeah. be a cholesterol-related issue down the road, yeah. or you might just end up with, say, a touch wood, colonic cancer, and that's really not related to cholesterol. You'll be covered for that. But the key thing here is that you've got to declare, and that will be based on how you answer the questions. The questions are actually there. Hmm. to prompt you to remember, oh, have I ever been told this or that or, you know, so you've got to declare that. And as long as you declare, truthfully, honestly, and if the insurer by some miracle accepts it, you're in the clear because you've already declared. Okay. So, so that's that's the advice I would say, you know, just declare and see what are things six. But very unlikely that they will miss out this kind of things. So that's from my experience. So don't so be afraid of being don't honest. Don't be afraid of, yes, correct. You've seen a and, doctor, he said you have high cholesterol, just mention yeah, it. Just and mention if it. they accept you, then you're covered. And if not, yes. then you're still sort of covered. I mean, you'll be excluded. Yeah, pretty much covered for but other, 99% of other things, I guess. A little bit of something's better than a yeah. whole lot of nothing. Correct. Now, if let's say I were to talk about critical illness, for example, mm. if you have high cholesterol, mm-hmm. you know, uh, well, okay, I think high cholesterol is quite common in Singapore. I see that quite often. Yeah. So the thing is, for critical illness plans, uh, I, I'm just speaking in general. So, of course, uh, circumstances will vary from individual to individual. But if you have high cholesterol, okay, in general, you still likely have a good chance of just getting accepted at standard rates you do have a good chance of getting a certain standard So that's the thing. Uh, underwriting criteria differs from plan to plan, but of course, super being strictest. But it doesn't exclude you from the fact that you have to declare. Even if it's your creator, you know, just declare. There's nothing wrong with declaring because you, you know, it, it ever comes down to a claim, you know, you, they cannot fault you for being uh, uh, fraudulent or anything like that. And there have been cases where under declaration did occur. So I think people know, are worried that, yeah. okay, I declare all these little things and what if nobody will insure me for an integrated shield plan? Uh, because then, I have all these problem, but exclusions. Do, correct, but you do fall back on uh, MediShield Life in that case. Uh, it will be very unfortunate if absolutely no insurer wants to cover you. Mm. But in Singapore, at least in the context of MediShield Life, we are covered even for pre-existing conditions. And that is, as you mentioned at the start of the show, one of the good things about uh, our healthcare system. We are covered for pre-existing. It's just that are we able to accept the fact that we will have to go to a B2 ward or below? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that is my thought. Lah. So again, going back to one of the points I made earlier, mm. please get your coverage early when you don't need it because yeah. when you need it, you can't or yeah. you will face a lot of difficulty getting it. And just declare, yeah. remember, yeah, high cholesterol, declare. whatever high it is. Yeah, yes. whatever it is. Correct. Even something as minor as, say, for example, um, you were warded before for, say, appendicitis. You can, you just declare, even really? if you haven't. Yeah. So, example, okay, I'm not saying this will be the case, but let's say you were awarded for appendicitis many years ago. At that point, you didn't have a shoe plan. Okay. And then now you uh, want to buy a shoe plan. And, you know, there's probably a question, have you ever been awarded in the hospital before? Hmm. Just declare. High chance, because appendicitis is what we consider acute, meaning a one-off, there's a good chance that you get actually accepted as standard. There's a good chance. I'm not saying you will because I don't make a generalization here, but there's a good chance you get accepted as standard because it was probably just a one-off thing. Yeah. Okay, great. Great. Okay. Elijah, what insurance should children ensure that their aging parents have in place? Okay, so I would say, of course, the first thing is hospitalization plan. That is one of the key things that you will want to get uh, for your parents because Hospital bills ultimately is probably the biggest bomb in retirement if things do happen. Mm. But on top of that, there are a couple of other types of insurance that uh, parent, uh, children can consider for their parents. So one of them is personal accident. There are some personal accident plans that are actually targeted uh, towards seniors, actually. So mm. that is, yeah, so, so that's actually a good thing. Um, and the thing is, they are renewable for life. So that means you, okay, there's a last stage of entry. So um, I forgot to mention this earlier, but for Integrated shoe plans, your last stage of entry is before you turn 75. If you are above 75, unfortunately, you can no longer buy integrated shoe plan. You will just have to fall back on MediShoe Life. And same thing goes for like personal accident plans. There is a last stage of entry uh, at 75. Okay, mm-hmm. For some of these plans, they are geared towards seniors. But like a shoe plan, once you're on, as long as you don't miss your premiums, you renew that every year faithfully, you are covered for accidents. Yeah. So, uh, personal accident plans are available for our seniors. Okay. And then on top of that, there are some plans. Okay, so I'm just going to quote an insurer here. There is a uh, plan from NTC Income called Zero Protect. It's actually a plan. But it it's actually, actually a what? Sorry, you, you faded out. Oh. An accident plan, right? Silver Protect is a term plan. Earlier, I was talking about a personal accident plan. Okay, so Silver Protect yeah. is a term plan. Yes, that like- actually covers cancer, but just cancer. But it's, it's probably something that, you know, um, one can consider if they are looking for more coverage. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say the indicator should is still the first thing. And of course, I think this one, there is a lot of seniors that don't really understand this long-term care. Long-term care is actually one of those things that uh, I think seniors should ensure that they have coverage for in Singapore. Seniors will probably be on Elder Shield, right? Which in a couple of years back, a couple of years ago, they, they changed it to Care Shield Life, right? Mm-hmm. And I think I did a show on that as well. But seniors will definitely have Elder Shield if they didn't opt out. That's also pretty important because if, say, uh, your elderly parent ends up with, say, dementia or very severe Alzheimer's and unable to, you know, do things independently, you might end up having to make a claim under Elder Shield. And that money is important for you to get a caregiver, you know, to defray the caregiver cost so that someone is around the house to help your parents out. 
But yeah. there, there is insurance that you can get to help with long-term care as well and, to add on to that? Yeah, that's the supplements that we're talking about. So Elder Shield, Care Shield, those are your base level government plans. Like mm. MediShield Life is your base level government plan. Yep. And it's always up to the individual if they have the resources and they want to increase the coverage. Like you mentioned, if you want more than just a B2 work for your hospitalization, you'll get a integrated shield plan, mm. allowing you to go at least to say an award or if you can afford it um, private. Okay, so likewise for Elder Shield, okay, if let's say you felt that the payout, should you need a caregiver for uh, your parents wasn't enough, you wanted a bit more, you mm. can get a supplement plan for uh, Elder Shield as well. So what if you're older, you're 70, and you still have dependents? Yeah. Okay, I'd just like to clarify that as in like you're saying that no, I what if am... You, you yourself uh, are 70, oh, my, my, my and then you realise that you have dependents and you want to protect them in the event of your death. Okay, if you want to protect them in the event of your death, uh, well, actually, we try to make sure that there'll be something left behind. Um, if Okay, you're talking about this untimely death, right? So if I am I, I were to go before my dependents become independent, I would definitely need some kind of death cover. That That is definite. So, but, Which you can but get I, at any age, even 70, okay, 75. Uh, 70, it will be very expensive. So I would think that Usually, this involves planning ahead. So again, plan ahead. If let's say, uh, okay, let me share as a Bible. This show is for the late planners, Elijah. <laughs> so let's say I have a, okay, I actually do have a client. He's He just became a father at the age of 50. Hmm. And it's his well, first done. kid. And if you think about it, at 70, the kid is still dependent on him. Am I right to say that? Because the kid will be only 20 years old. And, and I mean, maybe enough five years, you know, uh, the kid will be independent. But at 70, if something were to happen, yeah. there must be money left behind. So uh, we actually, I, I actually sorted him out in the sense that we got him a term, a term plan. And that term plan actually covered him to 75. Right. And that is what he needs. So in the mm. event, if he passes on before 75, which will be before his kid turns 25, there is money left for the kid. Now, of course, we hope nothing happens and I hope never to make that claim for him. Yeah, but if at 70, yeah, if he will be in the exact scenario that you mentioned. Yeah, at 70 yeah. and with a dependent mm-hmm. and he's probably retired because, you know, at 70, I doubt he wants to work further. But he still needs to make sure that, uh, you know, there's, there's money left behind for his kid because at that point, I think his kid yes. will be going through university. Mm-hmm. So we plan ahead. We, at the age of 50, he came to me and said, well, my wife just delivered. And I'm, I'm like, Oh, congrats. <laughs> and, and I had to like look at his stuff all over again. Like, but of course, at the age of 50, he's doing quite decently in his career. The term plan, of course, was not cheap compared to if, let's say, he bought it, say, at 40. But it's still something that he needs. Mm-hmm. It's just not something he wants to claim on, right? But, you know, you get that sorted out at 50 rather than wait till, say, you're 60 and you're like, oh, my kid's 10 years old, but, you know, um, um, I still have 10 more years to work after that. I, I, I still need some coverage. At 60, you're going to face very high premiums and probably if you're not in the pink of health, yeah. you're probably going to face some kind of exclusion, even if it's just a simple term plan covering death. Excellent point. So always Excellent. plan ahead. Uh, I cannot stress that enough. Every time there is a major life-changing event, you, you, you bought a house, you, uh, you welcome a new member to the family, please consult your financial consultant and tell that, ask him or her what I need to do now financially. Right, because yeah. your position in life has changed, your needs have yes. changed, so go chat Correct. with someone that you're comfortable with. Um, go chat with someone you're comfortable with. This is why I wanted to ask you that, that question, because I wanted to talk ah. about the other types of insurance that the elderly person can consider, because we know there's MediShield Life, and then there's the Integrated Shield Plan, and we've done lots of shows on, oh, what should be key considerations when you pick your Integrated Shield Plan, but then what else? 
So uh, you've covered friends. that. You've covered that. Yes, uh, is there anything else to add? Mm. I actually, I do think that um, past a certain age, honestly, I think it does, it isn't very cost efficient to get certain types of insurance. So let me give you an example. Mm. Uh, if you're worried about critical illness, uh, I think once you're past 60, it, okay, I did some math, uh, but it doesn't seem to make a lot of sense to me. The premiums are almost equal to the payout if let's say you were to pay to the end of the term. Right. So in a way, insurance is meant to multiply, you know, uh, the effect, right? So you, you might want to, let's say your total premiums are 100,000, but if something happens, you expect to get more than 100,000 back. If not, it doesn't make sense. Mm. So based on that, uh, I've generally found that for CI, once you are past 55, it is a little hard to justify. You might be better off just holding on to your money in the bank and hoping that uh, nothing happens. For death coverage, pure death coverage, um, you could still get it as late as 55, even 60. Uh, it'll be expensive, no doubt, but the multiplying effect of, of right. the coverage is still pretty much something you want, right? And mm-hmm. for PA, you can get it at any age, um, pretty much before 75. You'll be okay with that. Long-term care, uh, of course, that one, the premium goes up as well, quite exponentially with age. If you're mm-hmm. past 60, it's probably a little bit expensive, but you do need to consider the alternative, which is if you don't have it, what would the burden be on you if something were to happen? Mm-hmm. So this is just off the top of my mind based on my experience all these years on, in terms of how the numbers play out. Lah. So definitely, if you're elderly parents, okay, so today, if you're 25, you just step into the workforce, and let's say your parents are maybe 50-ish, please sit down and do some planning ahead of time. Don't wait till you are like 30, 35 and then you're more established in career and you start to think, oh, my parents are retiring now because they're 65. What do I do? That might be a bit late. Yeah. Okay. All right. But as I said, this is a show for the late planners. So Correct. no matter how late you are to the program, do something. You still can. You uh, still can. Options. Just, then yeah, you've got to be correct. smarter about, you know, should I hold on to my cash? Would it be better to just put money away in the savings bank? Should something then happen to mom and dad, I can rely on that buffer instead of insurance. If you are older, right? And they are older, much older. Correct. There's Probably. one thing I have to mm, yeah. bring up, if you don't mind, is yeah. um, we've got to be very careful of insurance costs in OH because you may get them insurance, mm-hmm. but then can you manage the cost in OH? So what I mean by that is actually the rising cost of integrated shoe plants. It is very expensive in OH. It is. It is uh, I have a client who retired at 60. I did some retirement projection for him yeah. uh, just a couple of months back. Mm. He's on uh, a local insurer. He has the private uh, hospital coverage mm. and he has the... Rider. The, Rider, right? Mm. And based on premiums back in March, uh, because this year a lot of insurers revised their premiums in, uh, I think, August. Let me guess, so, 7000 Uh Okay, the total cost in terms of cash outlay mm. from 60 to 85, which is, how, it, 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 it is the average expectancy, right, is 185000 Let us think it. Uh, my jaw is on the floor. Yeah, it's actually that expensive. I have wow. the table actually in front of me. So he will pay a total of 185000 based on current premium rates from now to eighty five, And that's based on current premium rates, but we know premiums go out over time. Mm-hmm. If you were to look at, okay, I'll just give you one number. For, at age 85, his total cost per year mm-hmm. is $11,317 right. for medical right. insurance. Right. And right. It, that is something you pay every year. So don't forget, that's going to add up. So prepare for that as well. Yeah, don't forget, you know, you're, you're aging, you're, maybe your revenue sources are dwindling and then you're going to have to be paying more. So you want to factor in sustainability when you choose yes. these plans, right? 
Correct. Yes, correct. You have to plan ahead. So actually, even when you get a shield plan for your parents, for example, you have to also look at the approximate sustainability over the long run. And, you know, you do the best you can, but never forget about the cost because they will weigh down on you. Which just means, can you afford it when yes. they are, say, I don't know, 85? Ladies, yeah, look at that tier and see, you know, can we all afford this? Yes. Okay. All right, sobering. Get insurance while you're healthy. Got it. Take. <laughs> Always enjoy to speak with you, Elijah. Thanks for being with us. Welcome. Elijah Lee, Financial Services Manager from Philips Securities. We've been asking, is it too late to think about healthcare insurance for my elderly parents? This is Money and Me. I'm Michelle Martin. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.